Hello from Classical KUCO. This is Spotlight on the Arts, where we take a moment to talk with local artists, performers, composers, conductors, and leaders on the many special activities and challenges taking place within our community. I'm your host, Paul Nesper. For our August 3rd episode, we sit down with Amanda Bleakley, Executive Director of the Paseo Arts Association, and Teresa Holtberg, Programs and Exhibitions Manager, to talk about August's first Friday walk and the new exhibits opening this month. Then, we sit down with Tyler Woods, Executive Producer, and Joshua Murray, Lead Actor, to discuss Oklahoma Shakespeare in the Park's upcoming production of Shakespeare in Love from August 10th through August 20th. As we like to say, let's put a spotlight on the arts here in Oklahoma. Please stay with us. My first guests today on Spotlight are Executive Director of the Paseo Arts Association, Amanda Bleakley, and Teresa Holtberg, Programs and Exhibitions Manager. The Paseo Arts Association will be hosting their first Friday walk for August tomorrow, August 4th. They will be opening up three new exhibits that will be on display in the galleries. In Gallery 1, Art Group OKC Members Show. In Gallery 2, Tour de Quartz featuring the work of students from the Oklahoma Summer Arts Institute. And in Gallery 3, opening August 15th, the Oklahoma State Fair Student Art Show. An opening reception will be held during the first Friday on August 4th from 6 to 9 p.m. in the Paseo Arts and Creativity Center, 3024 Paseo. Amanda, Teresa, welcome back to Spotlight. Thanks, Paul. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. Well, as always, we're thrilled to have you. It's uh, Again, I think y'all were some of my first guests when I first started here, so it's always nice to have you back we have our first Friday that will be happening tomorrow, August 4th, and we have some new exhibits opening. So really excited to talk with you about that. Why don't we start with the exhibits because, Teresa, you're a member uh, and founder of one of the groups that will have uh, an exhibit uh, in Gallery 1, if I'm remembering correctly. Correct. So um, it's pretty exciting for me to have this group in our gallery. So they're called Art Group OKC. Um, we started in 2017. Um, and so I've been on the leadership team for that since that year, um, and it's been really exciting to see our artists grow. So our group OKC is uh, basically a, a collective of emerging artists. Um, our purpose is really to provide a community for the young artists of Oklahoma to have a network of like-minded artists, um, to be able to have studio visits, critiques, um, get a few exhibit opportunities and events out of it. Um, so we like to make sure that we're providing those artists with a really healthy environment to kind of connect with others and get their career started. That's outstanding. I know uh, coming from the music world, a lot of times, you know, you go to your buddy, your friends, be like, hey, I'm going to play this excerpt for you. Do you mind listening and giving me feedback? Or I'm going to play this solo. Can you let me know what you think? And that's some of the best feedback I would ever get because these are the people you care about some of the most and they're going to be the most honest with you. So that is so great that that you have that. Now, do you guys have different themes? Like, let's say for maybe the first three months of a year, we're going to do more impressionist or maybe watercoloring. So how does that all go about? Well, it's really a group that has every medium you can think of. Everybody does their own practice. Um, so we have people that do stained glass. We have people that are painters. That's probably the majority of the group. 
um, all different styles, most of them a little bit more contemporary. Some of them do kind of go back to Impressionism and that sort of style. Um, We've got printmakers, we've got sculptors. It's just a really wide range of art. Um, And so we'll have a little bit of that on display in the gallery, Gallery 1 at the Paseo Arts and Creativity Center on Friday. Um, It'll be about 20 members out of the 70 members that we have. Very cool. Um, So it's just a really great uh, variety show. Well, that'll be a ton of fun. And I know we'll probably get to a little bit more of this later, but there will also be a reception that evening with the other exhibits that are opening, correct? Correct. And that'll be from, I believe, 6 to 9 p.m. Do I have that? Awesome. Yes, right on. Well, like I said, you know, you guys come here every month. I want to make sure I have I want to make sure I have my facts straight. Well, thank you, Paul. <laughs> and uh, in Gallery Two, it's going to be uh, Tour de Courts. Is that correct? Yes, yes. So this is an annual uh, exhibit that we have uh, where we partner with the Arts Institute, and we have them uh, exhibit their student show. So these students were accepted into their two week program at Quartz Mountain. This is one of the places. This is the kickoff of their show that's going to travel around the state. So uh, it's really exciting to see the talent um, in our state, the the talent in our youth. uh, These images are uh, paintings and uh, photography, and I'm always so uh, extremely happy when I see their work. It's amazing to me. And so I just want to encourage uh, everyone to come out and Check out both of the exhibits. Um, I love that they're younger people. Um, you know, the Quartz Mountain Show is for high school students. And then I don't know what the, the age range for the art group is what, Teresa? I would say it's around 21 to 35, but we've got a few people in the higher range, too. And what I love about... What a uh, nice way to say it. <laughs> She's trying not to say old because, yeah, I would be way in that higher range. Me too, me too. Um, what I love about art group is that they're um, they're a support group for each other. So they can help each other. They can ask questions. And I've kind of been wanting this uh, show for a while since Teresa started working. And I said, let's get art group in. And I'm glad that it's working out because... Then we've got this Quartz Mountain show, and they're high school students, and so it's it real. The two shows really complement each other well. Uh, Quartz Mountain uh, work is not for sale though, because it travels around. But of course, the art group, their work is for sale. So, I just want to encourage people to come and support them, and you know maybe buy something. There's there's not a better way to support an artist, but but by buying their artwork, because many people that's their passion. And that's what they want to do for the rest of their lives is create art. Absolutely. So it's good. It's good. Yeah, and I've had uh, some students go through the Quartz Mountain Institute uh, as musicians. Mm-hmm. I actually had another student. Now, I didn't teach them uh, filmmaking, but uh, they did the filmmaking portion. I actually think they instructed it this last uh, summer as well. So, yeah, just the the level of talent in this state in, in all art field, not just performing arts, but visual arts as well, just truly outstanding and and it's a blessing because you know they're just going to hopefully continue to create stay in the state hopefully partner with great organizations like yours to gain them exposure and just continue to have outstanding events that are that'll happen across the state now in gallery three it is the oklahoma state fair student art show is that correct yes yes so that is going to be on display it's actually not opening this friday but it'll be uh, mid-month and it'll be up for a few weeks uh, in august and that is artwork that was in the State Fair Student Exhibition. 
um, it'll be ones that have received awards. And so it's a traveling exhibition as well, just like Tour de Court. So it'll be our here for its first stop, and then it'll move on to the next location. That's great. And again, just it gives gives kids throughout the state a chance to display what they love to do and will hopefully be going into uh, as a part of their career. Now, the Oklahoma State Fair Student Art Show, that's a fairly new idea, correct? Yes, it's something that came about during COVID because they were looking for places that would be open for uh, for the, the art to be viewed by the public and for by the parents. And so uh, they contacted us uh, about three years ago, and we've just been very fortunate to have that partnership with them. And it works out really well, especially how Teresa lined it up with uh, the other uh, youth shows. So, and, uh, and so we're, it's just going to be great. It's going to be great to see what the future is for art in Oklahoma by coming to our, our, all three of the shows. That's a great way to view it too, because again, we've got high school students and younger, we've got higher age groups as well. Mm -hmm. And it's a chance to kind of see what the future of art may be in Oklahoma. Who knows who you might run into and and fall in love with their work uh, by, by viewing these. Now, you guys have a lot going on. It's not just these exhibits. You also have a branding and marketing for artist event that's happening on the 19th, correct? Yeah. So that is a part of our uh, new workshop series that we had last year, but it's been renamed the Robbie Kinzel Artist Workshop Series in honor of the late Robbie Kinzel. Um, And we are really excited to be having our third one this month on the 19th. Um, Branding and marketing will be taught by Caitlin Nick, a local artist um, and arts expert. Um, she is a founder of not only Art Group, but also of Art Friends, which is an online mentorship program that she runs nice. with artists across the country. And so she is going to be teaching all about um, how to you know, market your art um, online, on websites, on social media, and also kind of give a few sales tips in there as well on how to um, you know, price your artwork and the best ways to kind of get your um target audience as well. So it's going to be super helpful. And I'm really excited to have these workshops um, in our building and as a part of our programs, just because that's something that I'm super passionate about coming from our group is giving them the tools that they need. Um, and also the our workshops are going to be free. Nice. So there won't be that barrier of cost for those that might um, have trouble with that. So it's pretty exciting um, to get to do that. So we'll have that workshop, and then there's going to be a couple more to be announced later this year. Well, and I'm sure we will have you all back uh, to discuss those uh, at that time as well. Uh, Paul, one of the things I'm really excited about that these uh, art workshops is that several years ago we identified a need in the art community, uh, and that was uh, that they needed training. Not everybody just, you know, not everyone comes out of the gate knowing how to write an artist statement or uh, a resume or even how to take a, you know, get a photo taken of them. So that was something when we were having a call for entries for things uh, like our space program, our artist residency program, we would get these uh, very odd selfies as a headshot or, or unusual artist statements and things like that. And so Fortunately, with our move, that was one of the things that we really wanted to focus on was professional development for artists. Teresa's done a great job putting these workshops together. Uh, last year, there was a small fee. This year, we uh, were fortunate enough to get a grant to uh, to underwrite the costs. So uh, we have a couple more of those workshops uh, in the next couple of months that we can talk about later. 
Uh, but it's just a, it's just such a good thing, you know, because there's it's hard to find something like this and to have people like this that we can we can have hire them. You're, I completely agree. You know, having having gone through music school and 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 taught at music school and college, there are some classes that kind of give you an idea, but you know, the whole vast you know internet is at your fingertips, and especially as an artist. If you have no idea how to create a web page or market yourself or even the right resolutions to display your work at, like if you don't know those things, how can you be successful? So this is such a great, great service that you all are offering. And the fact that it's free, man, that's truly, truly outstanding. Now we have, I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves because this isn't until September, but uh, I, I got an email from you the other day telling me to prepare for a feast. Well, it's actually in October. Oh, sorry, so, sorry. <laughs> so that's okay, but we have a micro we have a micro grant funding program that has been going on for many years. Uh, it's an opportunity for artists to submit a project um, where they will come um, in front of an audience. Uh, we're going to have this dinner is going to be at City State, and uh, they'll pitch their their idea or their project uh, to a audience while they're having um, a dinner, a kind of a light dinner. And then at the end of the, um, the presentations, we usually have about five. Uh, everyone gets to vote. They'll get a token and they vote. It's a, it's a ballot that they vote in a, and put it in a box. So, uh, And then that artist will receive half of the funds that we collected for the evening. The other half goes to the meal. Nice. So it's a really, it's a great opportunity for artists to get some, you know, funding that maybe they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. It's a fun way for the general public to be involved with the arts and artists. You know, maybe they don't have any artistic talent, but they can definitely help help support them financially. And sometimes people even give a little bit of extra money to the artist that wins or some of the artists that, that don't win get a little bit of something. So it's really fun. And I, uh, I, I just highly recommend if you're interested in that, getting tickets early, because we're, you know, we usually sell out every year, but we're, we don't have those posted yet. Okay, I was so, going to say, if that, is yeah, that so don't start posting. calling us. I think we'll have it open in September. Yeah, or earlier. Okay, well, hopefully earlier. <laughs> I'm, looking at, I'm looking at Teresa like, I, I don't know. She usually, she's the one that's on top of uh, getting those things. Uh, getting the forms ready. <laughs> so we'll work with our, our social media guy and, and, and make sure that everybody knows when that's going to be available. Well, that that's great. And yeah, again, just one of those situations where by going to this, you might discover an artist that you've never heard of before and maybe you want to become a patron of or just be able to support them in just some way, shape or form. You know, as a as a musician, former musician, I guess at this point, <laughs> turned radio host, uh, you know, any, any, any exposure, anytime you can just have just one person that's like, man, I get what you're trying to do. It's such a great feeling. So great opportunity for our audience to be able to have a nice light meal, get to see some great artists and see all the great work that y'all put into this. And it's not just visual arts. It's open to music and theater, Ooh. poetry. What am I missing? Every single art form. Yeah, is anything, is, uh, anything is game. So uh, it just has to be five minutes and a five-minute presentation it's a very low tech. We don't have uh, like a, a, a screen or anything like that, but they can bring uh, visual aids. Nice. So it's really fun, and it's it's very nice to have a, an event where the audience can be an active participant Absolutely. In, uh, in what's going on. 
with with the the plea for funding. Absolutely. I think as we probably are aware and, and I know a lot of our audiences, you know, just getting out there and being active, that's such a big part in helping this community grow, being able to attend these events. You know, I I don't have a lot of money, but I like going to these events because if nothing else, I'm a, a, a head count, a number that's saying, hey, we had, you know, 20% more people this year than last year. It all leads to what we want. And that's just this thriving arts community in Oklahoma City. And obviously organizations like yours do such a great job of advocating and, and, and getting those names out there. So let everyone know, I, and I know you guys are regular guests, and I'm sure most of our audience already knows, but you do have an updated and new website. So where can our folks go to find out all this great information? Okay, well, the things that the Paseo Arts Association does is listed on our website, thepaaok.org. And if you want a general overview about everything that's going on the district, that district page is still the Paseo.org. Uh, and then also, you know, we're we're here to talk about First Friday a little bit, and we oh, haven't absolutely. really mentioned much about that. Um, we got so much other stuff going on. It's such a great time for the well, Paseo. And you know, we we and we 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 focus on our space, the Paseo Arts and Creativity Center, uh, because we can't talk about the. 30 plus businesses that are open because we would be here all day but <laughs> and that meter's running they are yeah um but they uh, we have a lot of art galleries that are open until nine o'clock of course we have i think we're up to like 14 restaurants and bars that are open uh, much later than that some probably to uh, midnight or two o'clock uh if you want to come and have dinner in the district i I just recommend that you get a reservation yep. ahead of time because usually there's an hour to two hour wait now. It's very uh, family friendly. You can, um, in some instances, even bring your dog. Um, not all of the places will allow your dog, but uh, if you want to walk around. Also, it's just a, a really great opportunity to look at all the new art exhibits that each uh, business has. Even the retail businesses will have new art like Eden and, and uh, Betsy Shoes. Uh, everyone really supports the arts in our district and will and the art and artists so that they'll have new shows. But just about everybody has a new show each month. That's awesome. And one of the things you know I talk a lot with my friends about and even what we talk about here is just the sense of community and you guys do such a great job of bringing people together, the community together have a full experience, to be able to walk around with your family, with your dog, see art exhibits, be able to get a donut, be able to get a coffee, be able to grab a beer if that's your thing. Like you, just, And then go look at art, have a great meal. Like There's just so much to do down there, and it's constantly evolving, and yeah, it's going to be great. What is there an exhibit that you're specifically looking forward to? Well, I would definitely say the one in, um, in our sh- – in our uh, building, but well, I'm kind of. I can't honestly. I can't remember what else is what, what else is happening um, this month in the other spaces. But I do want to mention that Serafina Bird is going to be playing at the Flamenco Sculpture, and she's uh, she does neo soul and R and B, and so she plays on the keyboard um, and nice. has a beautiful voice. We've had her before in the art gallery, and uh, so. Put it outside so that everybody can enjoy uh, having some fun music while they're walking around. And, uh, and when did you say that was going to be? I'm sorry, I think I missed that. Oh, well, it's, it's during First Friday. Oh, it's, uh, my apologies, my apologies. Uh, she, she should be out between 6 and 8. 
Nice. Yeah. So we we don't always have music, but you know when we do, it's it's very good. Well, and that's got to be such a unique sound too. I'm really curious what that's going to sound like. I think like. you need to come, Paul. Well, uh, it's it's Friday. It's going to be a beautiful night. I mean, you've been a volunteer in the past. The so I world think is you my oyster. To, <laughs> <laughs> you need to come check it out. Well, I'm definitely a big fan of what you guys are doing with uh, the Paseo Arts District. You guys do such a great job, and I know it is literally the two of you. You've got interns, you've got volunteers, but like y'all do such great work, and I want to make sure you guys get the credit oh. for what you do. So thank, thank you, you, thank you, thank you for what you do. You're and welcome. And thank you for coming on Spotlight as much as you do. One more thing I want to say, too, is that don't be afraid of the construction. It's not that bad. Everything is open. Uh, there's still plenty of parking. Outstanding. Um, I just recommend going uh, down 29th Street. Uh, there's even some parking in the green lot at 29th and Dewey. Uh, the The city and Rudy Construction has been great about cleaning everything up and getting it ready for First Friday because they know how important that is for us. Absolutely. So, yes. Yeah, so come out. Everybody's... I haven't. I really haven't heard any complaints from people about not finding any parking. So perfect. And there, are, I'm usually the first one they complain to. So, <laughs> you know, just drive around. If it's open, it's yours. Uh, don't be afraid of it. And if you have any questions, you're, you know, you can call us at four zero five five two five two six eight eight. You know, we just want to be your uh, your one stop. You know, information center. So if you if you have any questions about things, you can you can give us a call. Absolutely. And thank you, Paul. Well, again, thank you both so much for joining me on Spotlight. It really is a treat. I do look forward to it every time you all are here. Coming up next, Tyler Woods and Joshua Murray with Oklahoma Shakespeare in the Park. Please stay with us. Welcome back to Spotlight. My next guests are Tyler Woods, executive producer, and Joshua Murray, lead actor, with Oklahoma Shakespeare in the Park's upcoming production of Shakespeare in Love, taking place from August 10th through August 20th. This is the Oklahoma premiere of the Academy Award-winning production of the same name. See young Shakespeare fall in love and forge his most famous love story, Romeo and Juliet, presented under the stars. Tyler, Joshua, welcome to Spotlight. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. It's good to be here. I am really excited for this. So starting next Thursday, uh, August 10th, you guys will be putting on Shakespeare in Love. Many of us have seen that musical. Or, or... It's okay. It's a play with <laughs> It's definitely, yeah. I was just going to edit that it's part musical. It's, no, it's, it's musical adjacent. Yeah, you're very correct. Very musical adjacent. So you guys will be putting on Shakespeare in Love, a famous movie that many of us have seen. This is the Oklahoma premiere, correct? Yes. That's going to be so, so much fun. And Joshua, you're playing Shakespeare. Yes. How awesome is that? <laughs> it's really awesome. I love, the, I love playing Shakespeare. It's got to be interesting because when there is a, a, a famous character – like Shakespeare, everybody knows a lot about Shakespeare or maybe the basics of Shakespeare. What goes into the process of trying to emulate what Shakespeare would have been like in this time or just to put your own personal twist on Shakespeare? I think for me, my process going into Will Shakespeare was to see what I can do to kind of give my own personal 
uh, flair on what I think Shakespeare could act like. And so going in, I try to uh, I try to go into get into the feeling of the love language that he speaks. And I I do I do play around I do play around a little bit and I I'm trying to find like the right <laughs> right words. Um I feel like for the most part for the most part I I play with Will Shakespeare because there's so many different ways to interpret the things that he's saying. Because he has the way that he writes, I feel like I might be going off, but like the way that he writes, there's a lot of different ways that we've all interpreted love and Shakespeare's poetry and love language that there are so many different ways that you can interpret those and play off of those. And I don't think that there's any one right answer or any one or wrong answer. We all have our many different interpretations. And so I think the way that I play Will is just one of my interpretations of what Will could have acted like in the things that he is saying um, and how I portray them. Absolutely. And to your point, a lot of Shakespeare's stories are very basic in nature, meaning there's usually, you know, love, loss, struggle, a lot of the basic human emotions, but the detail in his words, the the interpretations have been so vastly different. So that truly, at least in my very ignorant opinion of theater, is why Shakespeare is such a profound and important playwright in the history of the written word like this is stuff from 400 years ago that still is fresh and relevant in 2023 that's so cool and we're so thankful to have organizations like Shakespeare in the Park to be able to put these uh, productions on so Tyler we'll go to you since you are the executive producer what are some of the advantages of having an outdoor theater to put on a production like Shakespeare in Love or maybe disadvantages too. I guess there's there's <laughs> well, that as well in Oklahoma. I could speak to both. Um, I'll start with the. Um, let me start with the disadvantages, so we can end on a on a happy place. Right? <laughs> Good the disadvantages, idea. just to jump right in, ob- the obvious thing is the heat. Right, is to start with in in August in the summer, really, July, August. It becomes sort of hard to go outside um, and to imagine yourself sitting outside watching a play. I'm sure for many of our patrons. <laughs> However. I would say a couple of things that are in our favor for this particular production is that we're um, I've been watching the weather, as you <laughs> might imagine, very closely. We do that for things like rain and heat and so forth. And um, it looks like we're going to get a little bit of a cool relief, about 10 or 15 degrees um, during the run of our show. Um, in addition to that, I will say that because of the way that our theater is structured, now this gets into the good part, um, the way that the theater is structured is that we're in a... The, we're, we're behind a building in the Paseo Arts District, which is the oldest arts district in Oklahoma. We have built a park, an amphitheater, uh, out of what used to be a disused empty lot back there. It seats 200 people. It's in a, what you might call a bowl or an amphitheater-style seating yep. with a berm and a you know a, a small hill that sort of slopes down. And we, and we've we've planted almost 30 trees, lots of different um you know, lots of different flora back there. And because of all of the nature and, and the, the fence, that the eight-foot privacy fence that keeps you sort of, you know, it keeps a lot of the sound out, the ambient sound from the neighborhood, what you end up getting is this private little quiet park in the middle of the city, in the middle of an arts district, 
that because of the nature of the slope and the angle, you get a breeze, you get some cool air, and when the sun goes down, it is downright pleasant. I mean, there have oh, been yeah. nights that I've thought, wow, this is a little, there's like a chill, it's a little cool, like it's a nice breeze blowing through here. So believe it or not, I'm not just trying to sell tickets while I am, <laughs> but I'm also telling you that when the sun goes down, 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, it's, it's pretty nice for a summer's evening to come out Sit under the stars. This gets really into the good part. Oh, yeah. Um, and watch Shakespeare or Shakespeare plays about Shakespeare spoken under the stars in a beautiful Oklahoma sky. Um, we've built a beautiful um, Shakespeare-style theater, a two-story theater. We've got a second level now with a balcony We because we'll need that for this play and for Romeo and Juliet. Oh, yeah. We have body mics. We have body mics now, which is great news. We're after... This is Shakespeare in the Park's 39th season, 39 years strong. And for the first time in 39 years, we've actually gotten body mics for our actors, <laughs> which is profound. Um, we tried them out during Much Ado About Nothing, and the results were spectacular. That's awesome. Um, so we've got new amplified speakers and body mics and sound. The lighting is being upgraded. In fact, this week we're getting two new lighting instruments installed nice. because we have a balcony. <laughs> so... You can see everything very well. You can hear everything very well. You'll feel nice and you know cool, cool, cool adjacent in the <laughs> evening. Um, and I think to top it off, you'll have we have a full we have a bar. We have a we have our uh, liquor license, which is you know a, a fun thing for going to the theater. You can get a glass of wine. Absolutely. You can get a mixed beverage. You can get a beer um, or a soda or water, what have you, and you know sit out uh, under the stars and, and watch a beautiful play unfold. And uh, so I think those, there's a lot to be said for, for outdoor theater in Oklahoma, and we're enjoying producing it. Well, and, you know, to your point, yeah, it's 105, 110 at 3 in the afternoon. But you're right. The second the sun goes down, you're not getting that direct sunlight. I'm not going to say it feels great, but it right. doesn't feel bad by any stretch. No. And then especially you get a little bit of that evening breeze in Oklahoma. Humidity starts to kick up a little bit. It feels great outside. Sure, yeah. I know does. exactly what you're saying with that. When it comes to programming, so I know you mentioned you had Much Ado About Nothing. That was your June production, correct? Correct. And then we've got Romeo and Juliet coming in September, correct? Correct. So what goes into deciding what you'll be doing indoors versus outdoors? Because you do also have your indoor theater as well, correct? Right, yes. Well, for many, many years when we started the company in Hafer Park in Edmond in 1985, it was all outdoors, um, and it was a summer festival, three or four shows a summer, and that's what we did for 20-plus years. And then, you know, the demands to move inside, to expand the programming, to go inside for a winter show, for example, or to do uh, collegiate um, co-pros or something would go in the spring or whatever. So then they started doing indoor shows, and when we moved to the Paseo in 2014, um, we started doing shows indoors there, but we were doing shows downtown at the Myriad Gardens outdoors in the summer. And that was nice and great, um, you know, to be to be down at the Myriad Gardens, beautiful Botanical Gardens, award-winning yeah. Botanical Gardens. Um, but we always sort of dreamed of having our own spot. And when the, when the opportunity arose, we took it. So programming indoors versus outdoors, now we have both is what I'm the, – the, the point I guess I'm trying to make is on site. On site, we now have both. Um, so – when we chose this season, we really wanted to get into, fall, we, we call it falling in love with Shakespeare. And that's really what we're doing. We're doing two of Shakespeare's most popular, Much Ado About Nothing and Romeo and Juliet. 
and we're doing Shakespeare in Love, a play about Shakespeare. And then in the fall, in November, we're doing a play called Born with Teeth, which is another play about Shakespeare. It's a fictionalized account by Liz Duffy Adams. It's indoors, and it's a meeting between the characters Kit Marlowe, who's also in this play, and Will Shakespeare, who were sort of famously, infamously best friends and like rivals and, <laughs> and co you know, playwrights and a lot of conjecture and that maybe they co-wrote some things together and so on and so forth. So we're doing plays about Shakespeare or by Shakespeare all season. And then, of course, we have our Jane Austen's Christmas Cracker, um, which is um, about Jane Austen and, and her family <laughs> family home hosting a ball. Um, and that comes in in December. And, of course, in December, it's better to do things inside typically, but not always in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. You know, sometimes you can do things outside. Um, and, and, and But we've decided to do it inside. But, you know, so that's kind of what goes into both indoor-outdoor is sometimes really the weather – and sometimes it's also based on what we think this play needs. So Shakespeare in Love is a huge play. I mean, it's huge. There's 14 actors. Many of them play multiple roles. One of them plays, I think, four roles. Oh, wow. There are, there's so many fights. There's so much combat. There's sword fights. There's knife fights. There's fist fight. I mean, there's slaps and punches and kicks and, you know, all of, all of the stuff. And uh, that's been fun. I've choreographed that. That's a lot of fun for me awesome. to, to be able to do that. There's music. It is a play with music. It's not a musical, but it is a play with music. So all of the music lyrics, adjacent. Music adjacent. All the <laughs> lyrics are sung by our cast. And uh, we have a wonderful music director, Amanda Lee, who was our Beatrice, actually, in oh, nice. Much About Nothing, if any of your listeners saw that show. But she's very musically talented, and she's been our music director for this show. We have, you know, love scenes and fight scenes and musical and running around and 14 actors and a dog. We have a dog on stage. There's a bit with a dog. I'm sold. So (laughs) it's sort of impossible to imagine doing it inside in our little space. Our indoor theater seats 55. So that's why we decided this one definitely had to be outside. With the body mics and and everything else and the balcony, it really, really works. That's incredible. I'm sure it's a a wonderful production and I'm sure it's coming together nicely. Joshua, we were talking a little bit off air about how you became involved with the organization. So I was curious if you'd be willing to share that with our listeners. And what does it mean to be playing a lead in this organization? And so I I got involved uh, with OSP through Catherine, uh, the founder, and I I had a Shakespeare class with her during COVID. And by the end of the class, um, or by the end of the semester, she was like. I need you all to like audition for my shows. One of my professors, um, Dr. Judith Midget Pender, she was directing Emma. I got involved. Uh, I auditioned with her, like, kind of not when auditions came out. Like, it was like after auditions. She was like, I need you to audition. I was like, okay. Um, and so I got involved with her, and that's how I got into OSP. And then immediately after that, um, it was it was Hamlet. It was, uh, I was able to fill in for Christmas Cracker uh, that December, and then then Much Ado About Nothing, and now Shakespeare in Love. Um, And most of those were supporting role uh, characters, started small and... Started from the bottom, now you're here. And built the way, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And when it comes to playing the lead, this is like my first lead role ever, Oh wow! Um, Congratulations! And so and yeah, and so I was I was shocked. Those for it was uh, it was for a professional uh, theater company, and so it was definitely an honor to be able to play uh, Will Shakespeare. Thank you so much, Tyler. 
And I guess with also playing Will Shakespeare in terms of casting, it it like I guess with how with how my mind works in terms of like casting nowadays in in the world, things are becoming more available for people of all backgrounds, ethnicities, and so on and so forth. And so for me to be black and also cast as Will Shakespeare that everyone knows historically was a white man, uh, it was it was like, oh, okay, so like we really are like in a time where like or Shakespeare's becoming more free and available for anyone and everyone, regardless of what you look like, can play. That's awesome. And that's gotta be so freeing and liberating is probably not the right word, but just knowing that as long as you put in the work, there's not, as long as you can play the role, you can do it. Mm-hmm. And that's so awesome. And again, congratulations. This is your first lead. That's got to be so, so amazing. This question is kind of for, for the both of you. What is the importance of Oklahoma City having a, a regional theater company that offers such variety of programming? I will, I will speak to that by saying that, um, Actually, I'll address several things. Um, the variety of our programming, uh, Catherine, who Joshua mentioned, Catherine McGill, who founded the company in 1985 with her late husband, Jack O'Meara, believed very firmly, and I believe very firmly, that Shakespeare and theater in general is for everybody. Um, I was listening on my way here this morning, actually, to an interview of the artistic director at the New Vic. And one of the questions that was posed to him was, do you think that theater is in danger of becoming obsolete or overrun by all these streaming platforms and all the variety of media? And he said, absolutely not. Theater has a future. Because there's nothing that can replace the human voice, the human interaction of two people on stage sharing a facet of their story. I thought that was really brilliant the way he said that, a facet of their story. And that's what we do at Oklahoma Shakespeare in the Park, OSP, as we're we're known. Um, Oklahoma Shakespeare in the Park has, for 39 years, produced innovative live theater that is centered around the classics, that uh, challenges the modern perceptions, that it moves us forward. Another thing from this interview, I, I, I'm sort of a product of the latest thing I heard, right, as are we all. But True. he said audiences come because they want to be moved forward. They don't want to stay stationary. They want to be moved forward, and that's what we try and do. And when I first saw Joshua on stage in Emma, I leaned over to my wife who wrote the play, who adapted it from Jane Austen's novel. But, um, and, I, and I said, who, this, who is this guy? He blew me away, and I was like, I don't know if I ever told you that, but I was like, this guy. And I just kept my eye on him the whole time. And I've been watching him and watching him. And I leaned over to her again during Much Ado. And I said, I cannot wait to see him play Shakespeare. Because I'd already cast him by that point. <laughs> <laughs> this was after auditions. And I just, so I've been, I've, I've had my eye on you, young man. Um, but, but the thing is, is that he was absolutely the right and only choice for the role. And, you know, we do live in a world that is more, thank God, becoming more open-minded, more inclusive. And it's our job, I think, in the theater, to your specific question, what are we doing here? Why are we doing this? Why is it valuable? It's our job in the theater to challenge the perceptions of the status quo, to move our audience forward, to, if we can, hold the mirror as it were up to nature, right? Uh, Hold the mirror as it were up to nature and, and, and challenge what we think we know and to become better versions of ourselves. So I think for Oklahoma City 
to have, and, and I can say this confidently because I didn't start it. I give the credit to Catherine for starting this thing and having the vision three, nine years ago. For Oklahoma City to have this cultural treasure, to have this cultural treasure that is Oklahoma Shakespeare in the Park is magnificent and rare. And not every city has it. We are the state's only full-time professional classical theater. And professional meaning that we're an equity theater and we work with Actors' Equity Association, and, um, and which is the union of professional actors in the United States, stage actors in the United States, and stage managers. And we were trying to, and we've always tried to find a way to make Shakespeare and the classics accessible. So one of the things that, and just to pick up on what Josh said a moment ago about how it's accessible, not only is it accessible to an actor to think about being in a particular role that maybe heretofore they wouldn't have imagined themselves being able to play, but we also want to make it accessible to patrons who thought, well, Shakespeare isn't for me, you know? So that goes in several directions. Number one, it goes to the direction of someone being able to afford to come. So we have several programs, which I should probably mention here. If you go to our website, if you go to the pricings, discounts, and deals pages, page of our website, we list all kinds of discounts. We, we offer all types of discounts. We offer discounts for you know the typical sort of military senior educator discounts, but we also offer young person discounts. We have a program called young, uh, Never Younger. And uh, this was actually a program that was inspired by um, another theater company that was doing something similar in, in, in England, I'm sort of an Anglophile because I run a Shakespeare company, but I was watching them and they have a program where they would let young people in for free. And I thought, how can we do that? So we've developed a program where on the day of the show for our outdoor theater, on the day of the show, you can go to our website, you buy, buy the tickets, you enter the code Never Younger, and we give away up to 10 tickets that day for anyone under the age of 25. You can also get free awesome. tickets for anyone under the age of 12 to any of our summer productions. And that's a sponsor. That's a uh, uh, subsidized uh, grant from Allied Arts, so anyone under nice. twelve can come. So we've tr- and you know our student tickets are very affordable. I mean, we've tried to make things as affordable as we can. We also offer usher opportunities. Hint, hint. If anyone wants to come and usher for us, um, but we've tried to make it accessible in absolutely every way we can. And our tickets, you know, for a professional theater. Um, you know, they range anywhere from the, you know, the, 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 for a regular adult ticket price, um, from 35 to $45. And so for, again, for a professional theater company, that's, that's a pretty, I, oh, yeah. I feel like a pretty manageable and student tickets are 25, you know, they're, they're, they're lower. So I, I believe that we've done everything we can to make that part of it accessible. Now, to speak to the other accessibility portion, we do outreach, we do educational uh, programming, we do student matinees, we take a tour every summer, or excuse me, every fall to schools in eastern Oklahoma where we offer free programming, a free version of Shakespeare to nice. schools and communities in eastern Oklahoma. Again, this is a grant that's offered through the Oklahoma City Community Foundation, through the Carolyn Watson Foundation. So this is grant programming, but we do that. And finally, I would say this, and maybe most importantly, you know, Joshua is not the only person of color on our stage. He is obviously playing the lead, a very prominent role, but we have others. We encourage others. We want more diversity. We seek diversity. We, we, Catherine and I, we believe very strongly that we must have it um, on our stage. It is, it is imperative to have diversity on our stage. And that's not just a, oh gosh, wouldn't it be great? Let's Let's have some sort of, you know, um, let's let's virtue signal. Let's tell the world how great we are. No, 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 no. The reason we're trying to do it is so that a young person of color 
could come and see Joshua playing Shakespeare on that stage and go, you know what? I think I could do that. And honestly, to me, that's maybe the greatest point of having diversity on our stage. Absolutely. Because I'll tell you this from, from my perspective, growing up in Oklahoma, you know, I, I grew up in a time in the 70s in Oklahoma where they're just they're, the, the opportunities to see a lot of art was were, it was more limited than it is now. It was certainly here and available, of course, but it was more limited than it is now. And I was always told growing up, oh, gosh, if you want to be an actor, you got to go to New York, you got to go to Chicago, you got to go to L.A. or whatever, whatever. You got to get out of Oklahoma because we don't have any art here, really, to speak of. You know, you can't make a living as an artist. Well, that's not true anymore. And that has taken brave souls, the, the, the giants that came before me, as they say, so that I can stand on their shoulders and say, no, 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 they stayed or they came back and they made way and they paved the way. And so I think the way has been paved now for us to simply have art in Oklahoma. And now it's my job and my generation for us, my generation, to help open those doors to diversity so that not only do we have art, but that we have diversity of art and we have diversity of culture and with diversity of, of people presenting that art, their art, and their versions of that art and their facet of their human story. And that to me, and so that that can be told and passed on to the little people, <laughs> young ones, you know, that come to see us, the, the, the 12-year-olds that hopefully have come for free with yeah. their parents, right? <laughs> that they can come to see this show and go, wow, mom, dad, I, I could do that. I want to do that. That's a beautiful thing. And you know what? It doesn't even matter if they grow up and become an actor. What matters is that they've seen the possibility. They've seen, wow, that's amazing. And so just to speak a little bit to Shakespeare as well, the idea of Shakespeare, Shakespeare in our time has become such an idea. You know, There are people, I'll, just to preface this by saying, I personally, I personally believe that Shakespeare was a real human, living, breathing person that lived between 1564 and 1623 and wrote these plays. Not entirely himself, because it's been pretty much proven that he had some help here and there, and this play actually addresses that and kind of has fun with it as well. But he wrote those plays, and he is the author of those plays. Um, he collaborated with his peers, but I believe he was a real person. But that hardly matters when it comes to discussing the work. Because at the end of the day, what matters is the work. What matters is the story. What matters is his ability to put to paper what we all know as certain human truths. When you read Hamlet or you read Henry V or Romeo and Juliet, things come out of those plays that are universal for everybody. Jealousy, greed, hunger, anger, fear, any, you know, we deal with these as humans, right? And he addresses, he seems to address all of the, the human qualities, right? And so to me, the idea of Shakespeare is what's important. So it doesn't matter necessarily who is portraying it as much as how they're portraying it. And Joshua is doing a brilliant job of that. He is one of the most energetic actors and thoughtful actors I have ever worked with. He is so willing. There's an expression in the theater, and it comes from improv, but it's it's we we say we call it being yes and, um, because in improv, when you give a suggestion, it's sort of taboo to say no. But I don't want to do that. We're like you know we're on the moon and we're you know uh, eating marshmallows. And if someone goes no no we're not, then that's kind of <laughs> kills the improv game, right? Well, in theater, 
we what you're supposed to do is say yes we're on the moon yes we're eating marshmallows and yes there's an alien over there you know so working with Josh has been an experience of saying yes and because he'll say Josh what if this or what if that or what if we look at Shakespeare this way and he'll say yes and and I will tell you this the value of that for a director is immeasurable because then the rest of the cast because Josh is playing Will Shakespeare in Shakespeare in Love they look to him and they look for that leadership. And if Josh is being positive and saying yes and and bringing it consistently every day, then everyone else goes, man, I have to rise to that occasion. And they are. And it's fantastic. Positivity is contagious. Yep. That's awesome, Joshua. I'm so happy for you. Like you. I know you I know and I'm not trying to make you uncomfortable. I know no, I know, no, I know our not. listeners can't see him, but uh, just the the smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can uh, just even in our conversation, I can feel your personality. I can feel your passion. Uh, just, just, just three feet away from me. That's that's so so cool. You know, I've asked the whole cast this: um, What is your the thing that you're most looking forward to, or what is it about this production that really drives you, that excites you? And so I would I would, if I may, ask that. And I know you've answered oh. it for me once, but mm-hmm. if you want to revise your answer, or expand on it, I would just say. Josh, Joshua, mm-hmm. what is what is the thing about this particular production that really drives you and excites you? What drives me is honestly like now that we're getting into it, like into it, like we're in the thick of it. What drives me more now than in the beginning is the synergy that we all have with each other. I'm able to play off of all these amazing actors who are always constantly, honestly, like challenging me as well, like with with new choices. Uh, that we see every single day and we're constantly making new decisions it's just a joy to be able to work with them and play off of all of them and because because my my character's relationship with each and every one of them is different than the next person it's never it's never the same with any one person and so just being able to have a new experience every single run excites me and it makes it honestly makes time go by so fast. Like I'm like we're <laughs> um that's that's mainly that that's 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 what it is right now. Um well, just being able to it's a living breathing thing. Every every production is a living breathing thing. It's never gonna be the exact same two nights in a row. And that's I'm sure for you that's what also keeps it exciting as well. It's like what's gonna happen tonight? I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, That's so cool. And this play, this play is about love. It's about forgiveness. It's about becoming better versions of yourself. The characters all have very distinct through lines and character arcs that are fascinating to watch. There are little Easter eggs throughout the whole play of Shakespeare, his, you know, lines that inspired him that, you know, little little bits. If you if you love Shakespeare at all, if you like Shakespeare at all, if you've even heard of Shakespeare, this play is going to be a lot of fun. For you and the music is beautiful. This cast is so talented musically as well as you know, just as, as as actors. The website is okshakes.org. So okay, as in Oklahoma, and shakes as in Shakespeare. You can go there to buy the tickets. Um, this play runs August 10th through 20th. Romeo and Juliet, which incidentally, and I should have mentioned this, the premise of this story, if you haven't seen the movie or if you're not familiar, is Romeo that Romeo and Juliet comes out. It's of it. right. Shakespeare is writing Romeo and Juliet <laughs> uh, during this play, so it's kind of fun that we're then doing Romeo and Juliet September 14th through the 24th. This really has been an absolute treat for me, Tyler, Joshua. Thank you both so much for joining me on Spotlight today. 
I'd also like to thank my other guests, Amanda and Teresa with the Paseo Arts Association, for joining me on Spotlight today. As always, thank you for supporting Classical KUCO in making wonderful conversations like these possible. KUCO is committed to bringing you the best in local performing arts. Until next time, enjoy the arts. <laughs>